All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to the show, the show you've all been waiting for, the YVR Remo Show podcast. We're ready and excited for this episode. A year in review is always a big episode for us. And honestly, it was so hard to try and figure out how to distill this down into drive time, 30 to 40 minutes. I know you're gonna have so much time over the holidays or whatever you're listening to this. If you're just trying to get a recap on 2022, man, this is gonna be a good listen. Interesting thing, before we recorded this episode, we went back and listened to last year's recap, 2021, and our trends and opportunities, and we were blown away by how on point we were. So if you're looking for trends and opportunities, as well as predictions for next year, you're going to want to listen to this episode and next episode, and they ring true. And actually, there was a lot of good information in last year's episodes if you want to go back and listen to it. Now, if you're watching this on YouTube, check out the Christmas pug sweater. If you're listening to the audio, make sure to check out our YouTube channel. Uh, just search up Thrive Mortgage Co. on YouTube. We've got tons of videos on top of the content that we're posting right here and that you're listening to. Guys, today's episode is going to go, go over everything from the stress test to the impact of COVID to rates to what's going on, where the opportunities lie, and so much more. We really broke it all down in detail and I had a lot of fun with this one. So hope you enjoy it. But hey, before we get into this, uh, one thing we ask you guys to do, because this is a labor of love it's free it's in our outside of business time is to let us know that you're liking the podcast send us a a review on itunes super easy just go to your apple podcast click review i'll leave us five stars and anything you love it and and if you do if you do that we're going to send you a, a delicious uh thing of coffee from our favorite local roastery and uh, if you ask for it we'll send you a mug just send us a snapshot of your review over to our instagram account at the YVR Remo Show or at Thrive Mortgage Co. Again, leave us that review. We'd really appreciate you. And share us out if you're loving the show. It really helps us. Today's review, by the way, I want to read this out because we haven't read a review in a while. Uh, it comes from Fitch2311. Uh, Fitch said, whether you're completely new to real estate and the lending space or you're a professional in the industry, you're going to learn something from the YVR Remo Show podcast. I'm new to the industry and I'm able to use this information I learned here to add value to my clients. Wow. Well, Interesting. Good to know that we are considered thought leaders in the space and good to hear that uh, we're able to help bring up uh, people in the industry. So with that being said, uh, for myself, my business partners, Derek Williamson, Dean Lawton, and then I'm Alex McFadden. I'm excited to have you join us for today's episode. Again, we're the partners and owners here at Thrive Mortgage Co. And we want to help you guys create wealth in real estate. So if you're loving the show, uh, reach out to us afterwards and we'll see how we can help. In the meantime, enjoy the episode. See you on the other side. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. That's that's uh, putting the dust on the year 2021 and what a year it was and what a year it continues to be. Uh, definitely we think that if you're listening to this episode this this episode will definitely last a little bit longer than the end of the year uh, situation but there's a lot that you're going to learn as you listen to uh, uh, what we have to talk about today we're going to try and focus our time and energy on the high level of what happened during the year 2021 the big stuff and the most impactful things like honestly we looked at it we could probably have a two hour three hour maybe even four hour episode to talk about even just surface level on everything that's happened this year, not just in real estate, but everything around the real estate and the financial markets, lending. There's just so much to touch on and we're gonna do our best to consolidate 
all of this information into drive time, 30 to 40 minutes here, do our very, very best and, and really give you guys a snippet. If you're stepping into this and you're starting to learn about real estate or lending and you want to understand what's happened last year, this is going to be a great place to start and a fantastic recap episode. And and uh, Dean's taking some time to consolidate this information down. So I'm going to throw it his way first and just kick us off with with uh, some of the things that happened in 2021 year in review and, and uh, where are we going with that? Yeah, there was a lot that happened and it's um, it's pretty cool to look back at the year, especially to look back at even 2020 and, and look back at our predictions and see how correct we were. <laughs> it's a nice pat on the back. Um, but you know what? The refinance boom was very big and, and, and it was a big deal in 2020 and it continued right through 2021 uh, in an even bigger way. Yeah, at, at the time we saw we saw interest rates dropping at, a, at an all time low. Fixed rates were were never that lower than they were in 2020. So we definitely saw a bit of an increase in, in, in fixed interest rates during 2021. But the variable rate continued to drop at a, at a pretty significant rate, which really surprised a lot of people. So, you know, we looked at a, you know, when we look at 2021, I'd say one of the biggest takeaways was the refinance boom continued. And not only did it continue, it, it, it it bursted. To your point, Dean, I mean, uh, anybody who doesn't believe us, go back and listen to last year's episode at this time where our predictions came out and we absolutely hit the nail on the head. We just were starting the, to hit the wave. And, and this year, the wave really hit the top of the, the uh, I don't know what you call it, the peak of the wave or whatever. But anyways, got absolutely nuts. And, and the big reason that the refinances uh, were such a big deal and they're going to continue to be a big deal is because the interest rates continue to remain quite low. Uh, variable rate discounts got substantially better. So people that we were working with in 2020 that we were locking into variable rates at the time, um, you know, a lot of those people were, and even to this day, actually, we're still refinancing people with those rates. I did one today where a guy was at 2%, bringing them down to 1.4. Uh, that continues to be an opportunity. So funny enough, like one year to the next, something we didn't necessarily expect that part uh, was big. Um, we're we're going to talk a lot about appreciation and market values, but it's a no brainer. The second half of 2021 was was absolutely filled with people cashing in on their new new equity, not just to sell, but to pull it out to either invest or or look into a lot of other stuff. There, um, it's yeah, it's been a it's been a big year for refinances. Hey, Derek. Yeah, and I mean, just further to that, the bulk of the the conversation so far has been around interest rates, and and obviously that's been a huge piece of the refinance business through 2021. Uh, there's a ton of savings there, but even. You know, you look back at you know previous years when we didn't have these dramatic rate drops, refinances were still happening, right? People are refinancing and paying penalties to pay off debt, right? They're refinancing to increase their mortgage to pull out a down payment to buy an investment property. They're refinancing to pull out money to renovate their home, right? So it's just the rates that we've been seeing over the last 12 to 18 months have just push that to an all time high on the amount of refinance transactions that have been happening. And a lot of these transactions have still been for other reasons, but these people are coming out dramatically ahead because there is a lower rate and it makes sense. And you can, you can get that cost of the penalty back plus some in most situations. Yeah. I think just to touch on that and the one last piece I'd say on the refinance boom is just the amount of people that actually took advantage of this boom during 2020 that then again, took advantage of it again in 2021. Um, that, you know, a lot of people think here the word refinance, that sounds like a bad thing. It's a, it's bad on my credit. It's not, yeah, I shouldn't be doing this. Like you couldn't be more wrong. Uh, the people that took advantage of it in 2020 and then again in 21 are just seeing, are they're seeing the dividends. Like they're, they're saving 
thousands of dollars, not just like a couple hundred. It, it's in the thousands. And in some, in most cases, it's above 10,000. We're in the five yeah. digits, right? So it's really important to understand that one, this isn't a bad thing. And two, uh, you should always be looking at this opportunity. There always, there always should at least be a review of the opportunity. And, and it may not be the right time for you, but at least you know that, you know, a professional looked at it and gave you some professional advice on it. I'll be clear really quickly for anybody who doesn't fully understand refinances where technically we're changing the terms of your mortgage. So changing the rate, uh, we could be taking money out like new equity in your home, which is basically out of new value that you've created, uh, changing the payments, consolidating payments, reducing debt, renovations were at an all time high, tons of home renos. You know, a lot of these different things that people don't think they can do, you can do it. And everybody was thinking about it. And I expect that to continue. All right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about um, the, the market trends and market insanity as far as the real estate market. I mean, the way that I look at the market this year is I don't look at it in quarters. I look at it in thirds. I feel like there were three distinct periods this year and it wasn't equal thirds per se, but it feels like there were thirds. So the first four to five months of the year, like January of 2021, we had a record year for the amount of inquiries, months, sorry, we had a record month for inquiries and more increase even to this day in January than any other month of the entire year, which is crazy because January is usually a, a low month for the mortgage space, relatively speaking. And that continued all the way in terms of people reaching out, asking questions, getting referrals from their agents or family and friends. Can I buy? Can I sell? Can I refinance? Can I do this? Can I do that? You know, continuing all the way to May, where we finally, uh, and I, I know after we circle back, I'll let you guys dig deep into this, but in, in May is when we first saw a little bit of let up. It was just pure insanity, subject free, you know, limited offers, people weren't listing. And it just felt like in May, June, like people, like the realtors were exhausted, <laughs> people were exhausted, and everybody kind of took a step back. So we had about a four month reprieve. Uh, from that timeline from May to about September. And then literally li uh, September 1st, it was like, boom, taps on again. And here we are at the end of the year. And it's been absolutely bananas, nonstop screaming uh, from, from then to now. So that's the way I see it. And that's how I've seen the year as a whole in the three different sections. But let's, let's go deeper, guys. Why don't we uh, start to break down specifically what occurred? Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, the subject-free offers almost became like a norm for, for quite some time there. And then it did let off. And then right, right away, it's like everything's subject free. There's multiple offers on everything. Like, so we only really did have like a two to three month break there. But you know, the, the one thing that I saw that was pretty significant was just the appreciation rate. Uh, I'd seen, I would, I mean, you know, we'd have to look at stats for, for individual areas, but across the board in, in the lower mainland and Fraser Valley, I'd say it's pretty, you know, pretty safe to say that your house went up 25% or higher in value over the course of 2021. And I think that's probably pretty conservative. In some areas, we've seen 35, 40%. Like, it's just incredible how much your home went up in value. And that's probably the biggest takeaway for me as a homeowner, just to know that I made a ton of money in the value of my home this year. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. And now just, you know, trying to get people to take action on that and make your house work for you, right? Like, again, one of the reasons that people refinance is to take advantage of that newfound equity. Like, rewind a full year and we had people refinancing to pull money out. Fast forward a year and there's way more money there to pull out to maybe buy your second investment property, right? So I think just a big takeaway for anyone listening to this, if you're in the market, you've probably made a ton of money on your real estate this year if you're local. Um, and there could be a way to extract that to get you into some level of investment or renovate or pay off debt or whatever your situation is. Just to speak to Alex's kind of timelines, I agree. 
And it was interesting, we saw uh, when the restrictions let up around June and people could travel again, even if it was to the Okanagan, that was where I saw the biggest lull. And I think that everyone was just so happy to get out of their house and start booking vacations and it was midsummer that everything stopped for about two weeks. And even we were talking about it starting, you know, you get a little bit of panic when no one calls you for a little bit, but um, it was good for everybody in the industry. And I think just everyone as a whole to get a bit of a break and, you know, stop focusing on, on real estate for a little bit. And, but like Alex mentioned, you know, shortly a couple months after it just went right back to normal. And, you know, I think the next thing we could probably touch on are these subject free offers, right? In busy markets, it's competitive. Uh, and to make your offer stand out compared to the five or six or 20 others writing on a, on a property, you typically have to take on some risk and remove your subjects completely. And that has honestly become probably the norm now. Like it's very rare that we see an offer coming in that has a subject on it, subject to finance, I should say. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great point. And, and when we were looking at 2020 and the single family home popping off and, and everything was subject free and the, everything was over asked. We predicted that townhomes would see a similar bump this year, and that's exactly what happened. Townhomes went up in value more than any other product. Uh, and it, it's pretty cool to see. It, it, it's tough to see on the side of like, how do I get into this market? How do I get a townhome? Because a townhome is now the crown jewel of of real estate If you, as a first time home buyer to, to achieve a townhouse was like how it was in 2020 to achieve a a single family home and we were just we were just talking about this prior to the to, to recording here is you know the move up scenario that we were we were heavily marketing in 2019 of how to get from a townhome to a single family that's now become the trend from a condo to a townhome and it, it it's scary on the side of things like holy smokes real estate is getting so expensive here but it's also pretty cool for those people that were already in the market already sitting in that townhome uh, to, on, on average, we've seen the average price of townhomes go from 550 to 650 to around 650 to like over 800. I would say it's pretty difficult to get a townhome under 800,000 these days. And that to me is just incredible. A couple things to note out of all that, first and foremost, house prices appreciation through the roof. Uh, uh, we'll use that term. Why not? It went up a lot, different areas and different markets. Not every market. If you talk about Vancouver, downtown, I mean, uh, Dean, we, we could talk pretty frankly about this. Condos are still deflated, so there's still actually opportunities out there. But it's been really interesting to see that the suburbs and the rural areas have still just exploded. So again, whether you're in the Vancouver region or other regions in the country, we've seen that the submarkets are still blowing up. So people were still exiting the downtown cores and moving out there. Subject freeze is, offers of the new norm. I couldn't agree more. And it's not just housing anymore. It's now, sorry, not it's not just detached houses now. It's everything. It went from just being detached homes to now being everything. And so learning how to take those risks or not take those risks has been really interesting for a lot of people. You know, I, I would suggest that, you know, speaking of market insanity, we could probably do a three episode part, you know, series on this in particular, but uh, this continues to be the trend to me in terms of working with people and working with partners in the industry, man, like your professionalism really shows good or bad in this industry. So as a client, like, you know, I'm, I'm noticing more than ever, you know, uh, people making decisions to work with people based on the resume and their experience and the professionalism, most importantly, you know, you can't just get by and work three days a week or four days a week as a real estate agent or a mortgage broker anymore. You got to be a pro. And we're seeing that with banks dropping the ball nonstop and a lot of uh, leisurely realtors starting to see their business reduced while people who are really doing a great job in servicing people just, just blowing up. So that's been big for me. That's a great point regarding subject-free offers. I mean, 
if you have a real estate agent that's half in the game and, and they don't have the time to review the strata documents and they're not running the proper comparables and you're writing a subject free offer based on their feedback, like that could go dramatically wrong, no matter how strong your financial position is, right? Like you as people could qualify for that mortgage, but if the property's not in good shape or you're offering way too much, that could hinder your financing. You could lose your deposit. You could be sued. And then on our side, if you have a mortgage broker that isn't doing the due diligence that they need to do, pulling your credit, looking at every single income document the bank's going to need, skimming through 90 days of down payment documents on six different accounts. Uh, again, subject free. There's a lot of risk there, right? So working with a professional that actually knows how to navigate this market is so important. It magnifies it even more. I couldn't agree anymore. Um, so let's let's move on because we're going to talk a little bit about market opportunities. But uh, you know we have a limited amount of time in this episode. So let's get let's get into interest rates and talk a little bit about trends in the market. What's happening interest rates in 2020 uh, 20 to twenty twenty one? Uh, where are we at? Where are we going? Dean, lead us off, my man. Yeah. So in twenty twenty, we saw like the average. I'll touch on variable rates first, and the average discount we saw on variable rates was about prime minus point eight zero. So prime minus eighty. And we've seen that jump up to well over prime minus 1% with most lenders throughout 2021. And so I would say a, a big trend from interest rates was the fact that variable rates are down overall. Couldn't disagree with you. <laughs> as simple <laughs> as that. Absolutely. Um, you know, with the interesting thing going on that we found in the last quarter of the year going into 2021 as we end off the year, sorry, 2022. Oh my God, I don't even know where we are right now. But uh, in the last part of the year here, one of the things that I've noticed is that there's a lot of chatter right now because the discounts are so large, which we'll talk about talking on fixed, fixed rates, but the discounts are so large and the difference between a fixed and a variable rate is so massive. The biggest concern from people is they're watching the news or listening to their friends. They're reading you know, random articles online saying rates are going up, rates are going up, rates are going up. So a lot of stressed out people out there trying to figure out if they should stay variable or go fix at this point right now, which obviously we have some feedback on and we've done lots of episodes on. So definitely check the last episode where we talk specifically about protecting yourself against any concern there. But um, that's been a big part of conversation. I honestly can't remember historically speaking since I started in this industry, a spread between a fixed rate and a variable rate being so big. And if you don't yeah. know what that is, it's a difference between if you were to look right now and you were to look at the average you know, three or five year fixed rate uh, versus a three or five year variable. If you were to look at the difference between the two right now, your average is almost one and a half percent difference. That's massive. And that is a huge win right now for the variable rate mortgage, a massive win because you don't usually have that kind of protection in there. Uh, Derek, maybe speak to that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I would say probably you guys can agree or disagree, but probably at least, at least 90% of our clients are going variable right now. Uh, and it's because of that spread. Right. Like there's risk in a fix. There's risk in a variable product. You have to understand how the products work and what the pros and cons are. But right now, I mean, because there's a one and a half percent spread, that means that the Bank of Canada has to raise rates by one and a half percent for us to just match the fixed rate. Right. And they're talking four, six kind of high end. Nobody really knows. But let's assume rates do go up by one and a half percent. That entire time while rates are climbing and you're going up that mountain, you're saving money every single day, right? And it could take a year, it could take three years to get there. So you've saved money every single day being in the variable. And, and then when you match the fixed, for me, that's a win, right? Because you're just after two, three, one year, who knows what the timeline is, but you're just getting to that fixed rate, but you're in a variable, a more flexible product with a way cheaper penalty in case your life changes and you want to sell or refinance or what have you. So it's, you know, it's a bit of a different conversation if we were talking about like a 2.4 variable and a 2.7 fixed, 
right? Like that's a different conversation. But right now these spreads are just massive. It's hard to, it's hard to say no to the variable. Yeah. And, and just a quick comment on the spread is the reason for such a big spread in 2021 is the fact that the fixed rates actually have climbed in 2021. So we've seen fixed rates actually go up. They hit rock bottom in 2020. We were well below 2% for a lot of 2020. And I don't think we've really seen anything below 2% during 2021. It definitely came back above that mark and, and has stayed there. And, and in recent weeks, it, it's gone up. Um, it's gone up to kind of levels that we're more used to that 269 279 range and and looking at the bond market which we've talked on in previous episodes the bond market is now dropping again we're, we're we have a another covid variant coming out another wave of covid and lockdowns and all of this crazy stuff that we won't go into but <laughs> that <laughs> that is a reason for the bond market to then drop again and and so, you know, I'm not going to get into predictions with that this episode because that, that's for next episode, but rates, fixed rates could be on the drop. So we'll see. Stick to the strategy. The strategy has been key for the year 2021. And uh, it appears that most of our clients are making uh, good bets on the strategy as far as rates are concerned. I, I just want to touch off really quickly what uh, Dean mentioned there in regards to, um, you know, the whole you know virus thing going on. A lot of people have been asking about where interest rates are going. I mentioned this at the beginning. That, that will impact how soon the bank's going to increase rates. I mean, in British Columbia, they've shut down businesses. Again, Ontario, all these other products. That's going to hurt people again. Uh, we're back. We're back. Uh, rates are going to be held off for a little bit longer. So uh, great news for a borrower, not great news for businesses or people. We should. We don't want to be hoping for this kind of stuff at all, but it's going to impact the market. One thing I did want to point out was that uh, what Dean mentioned about fixed rates, like 2020 was the year of the super low fixed rate. Uh, in 2021, you know, we've talked about this in previous episodes, we had a period of time through September where the bond yield went up, it pushed fixed rates up a half percent. Uh, a lot of people were talking about in, in the start of the year, hey, when rates go up a half percent to a three quarter percent, you're going to see uh, real estate markets uh, slow down, you're going to see prices decline, exactly the opposite, 100% the opposite. And the reason for that, guess what? The bank already increased the stress test. So June of this year, which is leads us into our next point right now, uh, June of this year, the government stepped in and says, oh, oh my goodness, prices are going up a little bit too fast already. Things are going nuts. Let's reduce what people can afford and maybe we'll see a decrease in the house prices. Wrong, 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 and wrong again. So what happened is they increased the minimum stress test back in, uh, in June there. 2021, we did lots of videos and podcasts on it from 4.79 at the time to 5.25. It could change again, uh, but recently they've announced to keep it there and uh, they couldn't have been any more wrong. So for all those people out there that say that if rates were to go up, that the market's going to slow down and that's the reason, you couldn't be any more wrong. And I'm not sorry about it because we told you. Yeah, it's funny, like government implements these changes thinking that it's going to have an impact on the market and slow things down. But I, I don't think they put any thought into it because like that change was so minimal. It was so minimal in the markets that are need cooling down. Like we're talking property values going up by $150,000 in like three to six months, right? This mortgage regulation and stress test change was so minimal in the grand scheme of things. It was just not something that was going to impact qualification to a level that would actually impact or slow down the market at all. So it's pretty typical when we see these adjustments that there isn't enough thought that goes into it, which sometimes it plays out well, sometimes it plays out poorly for 
the people. Because the government is for the people, right? Uh, we're not going to get into that today. We're going to hold off on that. Um, all right. So uh, let's talk. We're, we're going to talk a little bit briefly. A lot of people don't know that um, lenders change their rules, change their products, change their guidelines, change all that kind of stuff on a regular basis. They Im implement new products, like different types of HELOCs, new guidelines, like how you qualify, new rental rules, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, to be honest with you, the year 2021, you know, I would say it was more, it was a year of progress from a perspective of hope, from a, a mortgage broker perspective. We want to see a lot more products available. You know, more, more lenders are being open to, uh, you know, rental products and changing up some of their terms there. And we're slowly starting to see that impact, although it's probably going to leak into 22 before we see any real change. Mortgage brokers dominated the year. And we've seen some of the banks who traditionally you had to work with on your own, like HSBC and BMO and uh, National Bank and some others actually come back to the mortgage broker channel because they want to work with us. And that's a trend that's likely to continue into 2022. So we've seen that uh, trend happening. And we just foresee that continuing to happen. I mean, it's from, from a lender standpoint, from a product standpoint, in my opinion, 2021 was, was good. We saw some new things come to the market. We didn't lose very much. But I would say 22 is the year that we're probably going to see more options for our clients, which is the best news ever. Certainly back to 2020 when COVID came out and started impacting, the banks didn't really know what was going to happen with our markets. It was interesting. We actually saw rates go up at the beginning of COVID, came back down. But we started to see lenders take away these specific programs for self-employed and you name it. And right now we're in a great position. There's pretty much all of these programs have come back out if they're still within regulation uh, and we are seeing like Alex mentioned new lenders coming out with line of credit products just unique programs that people weren't really uh, putting a lot of time or effort into previously so we're in a good position right now yes regulations tight and there's a you know qualification is very strict but when it comes to lenders and the programs that they're offering uh, we're in great shape currently absolutely Let's move on. Uh, Dean, why don't you take a lead a little bit on the work from home uh, uh, force that we saw this year and the impact on lending and how, how that's taken over this year? Yeah, there were certainly some trends from 2021 that uh, in reality actually just continued from 2020. It almost lumped these two years into one year, to be honest. It's kind of all been a bit of a blur. Uh, I'd say most people can agree with that just from the perspective of the pandemic. But the work from home measures that were temporary have now become permanent positions. Uh, businesses have found ways to be more efficient and allow their employees to work from home permanently. And so that trend has really, you know, that it, it's definitely affected the real estate market because people have seen the opportunity now where, hey, I can work from home. So why do I need to live in the city of Vancouver? As an example, why not live in Nanaimo on the ocean for half the price in a single family home or what have you, right? There's just so many beautiful areas to live in in our province that, you know, people just never thought were a possibility because of where they work. And so this work from home mandate that's now become a permanent opportunity for people has really, uh, you know, provided that opportunity to buy the the dream home in, in the dream areas that people have always wanted. And so I've definitely seen that trend really uptick this year. And yeah, the, like, I mean, I mentioned Nanaimo just because I've seen so many clients purchase in Nanaimo or Kamloops or, or Kelowna, or, I mean, you name it, like just areas that are not <laughs> the lower mainland have popped off. I know we're not into predictions per se till the end, but one of my thoughts would be that uh, I think we're going to see a lot more people moving east, east, like out of BC. I wouldn't be shocked mm -hmm. to see uh, 2022. Oh my God, I don't even know what year it is, but 2022 probably be the year of people getting out of BC, 
uh, if prices continue to be where they are right now, which I got lots of thoughts on that. We'll save that for later. But beautiful, uh, beautiful British Columbia. Why are, why are we leaving? Why are we leaving BC? They like cows, man, from Alberta. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about vacation rentals and the trends around that. Um, I mean, there's lots to be said there, but uh, to start things off, I mean, Airbnb uh, has been around for a while. And, you know, obviously during COVID, uh, for anybody who owned an Airbnb, there was a lot of stress because for 2020, it was like you were losing bookings, people weren't traveling, they weren't using it. Uh, 2021 was just the exact opposite. As soon as they opened up, uh, again, as Derek mentioned, the the restrictions, I kind of keep track of the timelines anymore, but sometime in the summer when they said, yep, you can go do things again, boom, they were just completely booked up everywhere, everywhere. It went from like you had to beg somebody to borrow to the point where, you know, ultimately it was like you, you could price it for double. And so there was a lot of interest uh, from people in terms of getting into short-term rentals. But a, a big thing to know about that is that at the same time as we saw more interest, we also saw way more restrictions from cities and stratas and things of that nature. So it's, yeah, it's continued to be a challenge for a lot of, a lot of places and very divisive. Yeah, it's a good point. And, you know, a lot of there there are a lot of cities across the world, but it's especially in Vancouver that got used to the fact that these Airbnb tenants were no longer in their buildings and, and they liked it. So the, you know, the residents that were living in the building as a full-time resident or, you know, resort or what have you community that didn't have to deal with Airbnb during the pandemic were quite happy. They didn't want to see all these people coming and going and, and the riffraff that comes with, with vacationers. And then when they all came back, we started to your point about restrictions, we started to see stratas get a little tight and be like, hey, you know what, I forgot how crappy this is <laughs> as a tenant, right? And so that's where we started to see some restrictions really, really pick up, especially in the city of Vancouver, where Airbnb was so prevalent prior to, to the pandemic. And then when it came back in 2021, we definitely start, started to see those, those existing, uh, you know, permanent residents start to kind of put their their back up and say, Hey, uh, not sure about this anymore. And, and so those are, those are things where, you know, yes, we saw an uptick, but we also see, saw those restrictions and, and now, you know, looking at property for these opportunities is, I mean, again, back to professionals, who are you working with knowing where to buy never more important now when looking for an Airbnb property is, is making sure you're buying in a, in a, in a development or a, or a strata that actually supports it. Yeah, really good points on strata properties. And just on the flip side to like being an existing owner of an Airbnb, um, we had a lot of people that wanted to buy somewhere that they could go use because maybe they didn't feel comfortable or there were restrictions on and they couldn't fly to Mexico. Um, so people wanted to get like a cabin in the Okanagan that they could go spend time at with their families. And that, again, the Airbnb play came in huge because you know, people were able to buy their second home, a cabin, a cottage, wherever, somewhere relatively local. And they're also able to produce enough income to cover their costs, right? Now, in a bank's lens, not easy for qualification because banks don't like to use the Airbnb income. But long term, you know, it's a it's a cabin, it's a vacation property that you and your family can go use and you can Airbnb it and typically make quite a bit more income off that property while having your personal use. All makes a lot of sense. And I think obviously, I don't know, I mean, kind of looking into the, the future here is difficult, but just kind of looking where, where things are at today, it's still going to continue to be a trend, it's still going to be divisive. We're probably going to still see a lot of interest here. In particular, we've had a lot of people asking questions about, you know, buying properties down in Arizona, Palm Springs, Texas, you know, we've explored it personally. So definitely something to continue uh, looking at. 
So we're gonna we're gonna try and uh, run through a couple more key top uh, topics here, and then get into our opportunities going into 2021. Which, of course, you're gonna want to listen to um, the next episode because the next episode we're gonna dig deep on uh, continued conversation of making money into 2021 based on some of what we talked about right here. Uh, you know, powering through it, pre-sales in 2021. Uh, in that June market, we talked about one of the reasons that things slowed down is because of inventory. And it's still, you know, inventory continues to be an issue in the detached market. Everybody wants to, uh, of course, uh, get into the market right now, first-time buyers, et cetera. And so with uh, with prices increasing so quickly and then so much stress being placed on people to do subject-free offers, a lot of people started looking at, at pre-sales, pre-sales, uh, condos, townhomes, detached homes, every type of home. Uh, for the good or for the bad, pre-sales are, are going nuts. And I think they'll continue probably going, uh, uh, selling like crazy for another four to six months here going into 2022. Yeah, we touched on that in 2020. We actually predicted that would be an opportunity this year. And it, and it definitely came true. And I think the biggest reason is just... I mean, a lot of people look at pre-sale for the opportunity, the lift, the, you know, potentially selling it before it completes. But the reason why I would say number one that people went to this product is just because it was what was available. It was what the one product that they didn't have to write a subject free offer on and go over asking price. It was just a matter of being lo the lucky guy on the website and getting picked as the as the one to get the to write the offer right. So, um, and to your point, with this crazy market, that will certainly continue. From there, as far as trends are concerned, this isn't so much a trend and this is relatively recent. So something that we've been dealing with and it has impacted the real estate market this year are the fires and the floods and the catastrophic events, which of course, uh, we're not going to make any light of it all. Terrible events that have occurred, uh, not only in the province of British Columbia, but across Canada and then of course down through the United States. And it's been really interesting to see how these situations have actually started to impact people's buying and desire and property values, whether it be the ability to get insurance on in a floodplain or live in an area, you know, like for Merritt, BC, oh my gosh, man, like we, they went from a place where people were starting to move out of town and go there in the start of 2020 to like, nobody wants to go there. You can't even get insurance on a house mm -hmm. in those cities, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that, that trend is going to continue. Um, and of course, uh, the insurance is going to be a big one. And I, I hate to say it, but I think that's unfortunately going to kill value in some small towns. And, and I mean, put yourself in, I, again, we can all beat on the insurers and the, they're in the business of not paying out. That's as simple as that. But put yourself in the insurance, uh, you know, seat uh, as an insurer in a, in a town like Merritt or Kamloops has never been hit harder in the last two years with the fires and the, and, and the floods. It's like every season they're being hit with something. The likelihood of needing to pay out on an insurance policy is very high in those two areas and i just can't imagine it will get any easier especially with global warming and all the you know the crazy stuff that's going on in our on our climate um just some yeah catastrophic yeah. events to say the least yeah just the last piece on on this flood and you know, I mean, we've seen even fires in the Okanagan, right? Just another piece that falls into this category. But we've actually seen a lot of lenders, like I'm, I'm working on an application in Princeton right now. And there's only it's a credit union file all day. There's only a couple credit unions that offer financing in Princeton. And they are all not offering financing in Princeton, Princeton at all right now, irrelevant of insurance. They actually don't care about the insurance thing. Obviously, it's something that's going to help when it comes back, but they've completely pulled out of that market. So, yeah, just another thing. There's going to be challenges in these markets, and we hope to see them come back to life in uh, 2022 and 
get those communities revived. All right. Uh, one of our favorite topics, not at all. Uh, this conversation continues to um, basically bleed into our daily lives and it's no longer it's no longer a seasonal situation. It is part of our lives right now. And what's the government and the mandates and all that kind of bull crap that's going on with uh, uh, the vaccines and passports and all that crazy stuff out there. So, I mean, what, what I don't I don't really care what you think and what you believe at this point right now. You know, as a listener, we, we on our team can speak openly that we're pro-choice for people. You, you choose what you want to do and make a decision based on your own family. Um, what we noticed and what we saw uh, impact people was uh, with the vaccine passports, uh, staff being pushed out of jobs. Um, where that directly impacted some people was in the banks. Um, we saw whether it was just bank employees when you walk in the branch, whether it was behind the scenes at the lending centers with the branches and the other institutions. Uh, all of these places saw a reduction in staff and had to quickly go out and replace them with people that were inexperienced, didn't have time in the market in the biggest year in lending history. And I mean, ultimately, from our perspective as a mortgage broker, we we benefited from a standpoint of being able to hire people on who were put in the dust, who are great people, as well as have clients who are left in the, in the dirt, so to speak, because the banks just were not communicating with them and not providing them with any feedback. It was... Uh, yeah, that's a tough situation, but yeah. um, crazy to see the impact. I mean, like I'll beat up on the banks anytime that I can, but to be to to defend them in this case is, and and you know, from us from a pro-choice standpoint, we're lucky we can be pro-choice because our our staff have the ability to work from home and they don't have to interact with our with our clients. They don't have to be in person and and put them at threat of getting you know ill or what have you from you know, not being vaccinated. So we're lucky in that case. And and most banks being that brick and mortar type of business, they are on the front line. So, I mean, again, not to get too deep into vaccine and, and what our thought process is there, but, you know, luckily for us, we have the ability to, to house people and, and, and keep them in the, in an isolated, safe environment. It's a very divisive conversation. So we're not going to get too political on the podcast. Let's just say uh, we're happy to provide a home and support people and uh, be a great place for our clients to come when the banks are dropping the ball. Um, yeah, I mean, guys, like that was, uh, we, we've got, we could go on for another 30 minutes, but we're already over 35 minutes in our conversation. I think let's get to the good stuff here. Let's talk a little bit about, we get to talk about us for a second here, because if you, whether it's your first podcast listening to us or whether it's your 97th, I don't know, 90 something episode at this point right now, um, we're thankful to be, have been part of your life. We, we get uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of listeners every single episode, uh, we're really thankful that we've been able to work with people in the real estate space, clients, uh, investing in. Uh, we'd like to talk about a little bit what we're doing, which we almost never talk about on the show. It's not about self-promotion. Um, really, really quick, uh, you know, our, our 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 team has helped over, over 750 families. It's likely going to be over 800 by the end of the year, 2022. And man, we're so proud of that. We're so proud of uh, the fact that we've been able to touch so many families and, and every single person that we've talked to has either came from, you know, friend, family, uh, referral from a, a real estate partner of ours. And, and we've even helped some people from the podcast lately, uh, more and more and more. And, and uh, really excited about that. That's been big for us. Yeah, that's a great point and and again we don't talk about stats we don't post this stuff on social media for a number of reasons that are important to us but 
you know, not just the fact that we helped over 750 families, we were we were actually the number one brokerage in Canada for our company. And that, that was pretty cool to see. And that's something, again, we don't talk about a lot, but that's a pretty, pretty special thing that uh, that we can only, you know, contribute to the people that just continue to support us, our, our clients, the amount of our clients that are repeat clients. It's, it's pretty incredible. I'd say over 50% of our business comes from repeat clients or or clients just referring us because they had a good experience. And to us, I mean, that that's pretty cool. That's a, uh, that's a pretty, uh, yeah, we don't really have too many words other than just really positive feelings about that type of stuff. Yeah. And I mean, the main reason that we don't talk or boast about numbers is because it's not about quantity. It really is about quality. And the reason that we're talking about this today is because we can confidently say that we are providing like a very high level service, uh, and a good quality service and being able to touch this many families and people is pretty amazing. So, uh, we dialed in the quality first and then now we're, you know, trying to trying to touch and get in contact with as many people as we can. Cool, man. Uh, well, I don't want to dig too much into us for that point right now. We've got some other personal things, but I think right now we focus on just being thankful for the amount of people we've been able to help. And uh, I guess really quickly closing the thoughts on that is I, people don't realize this, but um, having the ability to work with so many families, uh, we invest a lot back into our business. I would argue more than most people that we know in the industry or space, and it's not into advertising. Uh, it's, uh, it's into, to tools. So we've, uh, we've implemented some new initiatives, tools, and features to help our client experience. And most importantly, when we do this many mortgages, we also get the banks coming to us, asking us to uh, offer better options for our clients. So kind of neat to see where that's going. Let's get a little bit into 2021 and, uh, uh, or sorry, uh, uh, recap 2021 and talk about our, our advice for, uh, next year. Holy cow. My years are just all over the place. So a quick little re recap here. Um, you know, number one was the refinance uh, to drop rates. Uh, we still think that variable rates can be dropped again. And we're going to see those discounts continue to the start of the year. Not for long, though. Um, it's very likely that depending on what happens with this Omicron situation, the rates will eventually rise. So if you're in a variable rate, uh, talk to us today about getting that discount. Same thing with a fixed rate. You want to lock that in uh, right now. Dean, you want to take away number two there? Yeah, number two, uh, townhouses. Like we talked about this in the previous uh, earlier of this episode, townhouses went off in, in 2021 and you know with that that was a prediction of ours in in 2020 and uh our our next episode we're going to go real deep into opportunities for 2022 but you know with that bump of townhouses we totally see that coming in the condo market those two bed two baths you know two bed two and a den uh condos are are prime for for an uptick uh in 2022 so really interesting stuff to see and um, for anyone that's a townhouse owner, congratulations. You had a great year. Yeah. And then lastly, the pre-sale market, right? Like we touched on earlier, pre-sale market has been absolutely insane. Developments are selling out in an hour. We're talking 500 units. They're sold in one hour. Um, and we strongly believe that that's going to continue to happen, right? They're trying to pick up uh, and create more supply. And that's where the supply comes from is new development. And there's going to be a lineup of people trying to get their hands on those. So we strongly believe that's going to be a push into next year as well. So one thing I'll just touch on, if you're, if you own property that's prime for redevelopment, contact us or get in touch with somebody to, to take that project to the next level, because my gosh, um, pre-sales, you know, if you got prime development land, that's, yeah, Let's you're go. golden. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, exactly. For all this advice you want to hear about 2022 and opportunities to make money, we're going to talk a little bit about some investment pieces, some places that we saw 2021. Stay tuned for the next episode. You're going to absolutely love it as you always do. Guys, listen, 
We are so thankful you've been joining us all year long. And um, we want to hope that you continue to join us for next year. We're going to continue to have uh, lots of guests and interviews, although we get such incredible feedback with the three of us. So um, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. If you want to be a guest on the show, if you want to provide feedback, if you want to know more about us, just check us out at Thrive Mortgage Co. on Instagram. At the YBR Remo Show is the podcast Instagram. Shout us out. Give us a review. And uh, we appreciate you guys. Have an amazing rest of your happy holidays and uh, all the best in the new year.